Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. Almost 2,000 years ago, John wrote this letter. John was a Jew. He was one of God's covenant people, a descendant of Abraham. John was a fisherman from Galilee. He was a disciple, an apostle. And John was writing the people of God. John was writing the church. He writes to you. And in a rather lengthy and awkwardly arranged sentence, John writes that he's heard. Actually, he writes, we have heard. For there were others who heard with him, other disciples, other apostles. Like John, they heard with their ears. But not only did they hear, they also saw. They gazed upon, they beheld with their eyes that which they heard. And what they saw was not a vision. It was not imagination. It was not a dream. It it happened right before their eyes. It was real. They even touched it, grasped with their hands. Well, what had they heard? What had they seen? What had they touched? And John answers this at the end of verse 1. The word of life. Or it can be translated, the message of life. And this word of life, this message of life, John tells us, was from the beginning. Meaning, before creation. Before time. Before history. This word of life was before creation, before time, before history, this word of life of life existed, which means this word of life is God, because God alone existed in the beginning. John writes something very similar in his gospel, in the very first verse of his gospel, not this letter, but his gospel, John writes this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This Word, the Word of life, was with God and is God. The Word was one with God, one with the Father, yet distinct from, separate from the Father, because this Word of life is the Son, the eternal Son, the second person of the Trinity. And John writes this in verse 2 of our letter, the life was made manifest. In other words, this word of life appeared, John tells us, in person, in Jesus Christ, the Son of God made man. For Jesus is the word of life that John speaks of. This is how John could hear the message and see the message and touch the message because Jesus is the message. And he's the messenger. He's both simultaneously. 
Jesus Christ is the word, the message of life, and we need to hear this message. The world needs to hear this message. Why? Because we live surrounded by death. Death's like a a dark cloud on the horizon. It's hovering and looming and always there, blowing the cold winds of fear. That every day that you wake up, you are given life and breath. Every day that you wake up, you're given beauty to behold around you. Every day that you wake up, you are given relationships. But beauty decays. The flower fades. Relationships can be broken. Death takes those you know, those you love, leaving you wounded and scarred. And as your days increase, as the years come and go, the dark cloud on the horizon spreads and grows and moves closer. And one day it will overtake you. Death not only casts a shadow over you, but also within you like tentacles grasping for prey. It engulfs your heart, swallows your heart so that you are spiritually dead. Your heart's like a stone. It's dead to God and and dead to the things of God. But the word of life has come. Jesus Christ has come. And though it appeared that darkness devoured him on the cross, he rose from the dead. The light of life burst forth from the grave, the the word of life proclaiming life, the, the message of life conquering death, the message of light conquering darkness, both without and within. Because the word of life overcomes physical death and spiritual death. His light shines in you and his light pierces the darkness that engulfs your heart. It removes the shadow of death surrounding your heart. It shatters the stone that is your heart, giving you life, giving you a new heart, giving you a beating heart, opening the eyes of your heart so that you can know God and know the things of God so that you can receive the message of life by faith, the word of life by faith, so that you receive Jesus by faith. And with him, the promise of eternal life, and with him, the hope of eternal life. John heard, John saw, John touched. Our Old Testament reading was from the book of Leviticus. And in it, God promises his people that he would dwell among them. Promises his people that he would walk among them. A wonderful promise fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the Lord also reminds his people how he brought them out of slavery, brought them out of Egypt. Listen to the end of verse 13 again from our Leviticus reading. The Lord says, I have broken the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. He accomplishes that for his people in Egypt. He, he, he broke the bars of the yoke of their slavery from Egypt, but he's also accomplished that for you in Jesus Christ because through him, he's broken the bars of death. He's freed you from the grip of death. He's removed the yoke of death so that now you can walk upright. 
No longer are you bent under the yoke of death. No longer are you bent under the burden of death. You're free in Jesus. But yes, the darkness of death still looms on the horizon, but you need not fear it. Yes, it grows as your days increase, but, but rather than the great unknown, rather than a great mystery, death is now the way to God. It's now the way to eternal life with God. This is the word of life. This is John's message of life to you. And that word, that message is Jesus. Jesus. John testifies to it, which means he's a witness. He heard, he saw, he touched. He testifies and he proclaims it. And he also tells you why. He gives you the reason why he proclaims it. Listen to, listen to part of verse three again. So that you too may have fellowship with us. John's desire, all the apostles' desire fellowship. In other words, communion with you, with others who would hear this word of life. The, 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 the Greek word translated fellowship or communion is koinonia. It literally means having in common. Having in common. Two or more people can have fellowship. Two or more people can have communion over something that they have in common, something that they hold in common. There's a, there's a bond created. There's a bond shared over this commonality. And you, you know what I'm talking about. You've, you've experienced it before. You've experienced where you've been in conversation with someone or getting to know someone and you, you find you stumble upon a shared interest or a shared experience and, and there's this immediate bond that forms. And maybe you both like to hike or you love soccer or you listen to 80s hair metal or you enjoy Japanese anime or you find you attended the same school, or you know similar people, or you grew up in the same area, or you traveled to the same countries, or you're both cancer survivors. I mean, you, you know what it's like to have that connect. You know what it's like to, to feel that bond in conversation. It's fellowship. It's communion. It's, it's koinonia over having something in common. You experience it at sporting events where you're pulling for the same team and you rejoice together with the crowd or weep together with the crowd. It, it happens at concerts where you bond over shared music. It happened to me when I was stuck in traffic in Austin, Texas a few years back. The traffic was at a standstill. And once we started crawling along, the, the car directly behind me moved to the passing lane to slowly go around me. And the, the, the car that was behind me honked, honked at me a few times. I looked over and they were giving me a gesture with their hand and, and fortunately it was a thumbs up gesture. I was a little confused as to why I was getting the thumbs up. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was the minivan that I was driving maybe not. But when that car finally moved ahead, far enough ahead to where I could see, ah, 
that car had Mississippi tags. And specifically, that car had Madison Mississippi tags. It had been behind me and seen my Hines County Mississippi tags. And there we were, Mississippi neighbors sharing fellowship, bonding over traffic in Texas. But the fellowship that John desires, the communion that John speaks of, is deeper than this. It's richer than this. It's stronger than this. Because what is held in common is not just an interest. What is held in common is not just an experience. It is God. God. The eternal, infinite, almighty creator of heaven and earth receiving the word of life, receiving Jesus Christ, creates fellowship with God, communion with God. Consider this, consider this. Not only does Jesus Christ give you life, not only does he give you life, not only does he give you a new heart, not only does he give you the promise of eternal life, through him he gives you fellowship with, communion with the infinite, almighty, eternal creator of heaven and earth, the triune God. Because by faith in the Son, you are united to him. And through the presence of the Holy Spirit, you are united to him, just like branches to a vine. And it's a bond of love. A bond of love sealed in Jesus' death. A bond of love created by the Holy Spirit. A bond of love that cannot be broken. And when you share fellowship with God, when you share communion with God, you share fellowship with the people of God. You share communion with those who receive the word of life just as you have you share life with the people of God, life together, life in God, and life under God, and life with God. This is the communion of saints. Now, typically, we use the word saint to refer to an extra super holy person, someone almost perfect, someone that we could never be. Maybe you've said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm no saint. But the truth is you are. The truth is you are, if you're a Christian, you are. Because saint is a word that simply means holy one. And you're holy if you receive the word of life. You're holy if your faith is in Jesus Christ because in Jesus Christ, you're set apart. And that's what holy means, set apart. And you're set apart because you're his. You're set apart because you belong to him. He has called you out and made you holy. The communion of saints is the fellowship that is shared by Christians. It's communion shared by followers of Jesus. It's the union experienced by the church. It's a bond of love by those loved by God. It's fellowship of those who commune with God. An illustration of this fellowship, an illustration of this communion singing. And when we sing, when we praise the Lord in song, we unite our voices, we unite our minds, we unite our hearts, we unite our breath. Yes, there are different voices. Yes, there are different ranges. Yes, there are different volumes. Yes, there are different abilities. 
but we're united in our singing one, one in fellowship, one in praise. Now we, we, we share fellowship here under this roof, here and now and every single week. But we also share fellowship with all followers of Jesus in this city, in this country, and all around the world. Now, many of you have had the opportunity to worship with the saints in other countries. And even if you don't share the same language, you share fellowship and you feel the bond, you feel the connection because you share the same faith and you have the same Lord and you have the same Savior. We're blessed to live in a land where you can freely experience the communion of saints whenever you want and wherever you want without fear, without retribution. Don't take it for granted because you have brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ with whom you are united by faith, united through the Holy Spirit, who cannot. In places like Iran, in places like Saudi Arabia, there are those there who long for fellowship, who long for communion in person, but they can't. And they live in fear. Pray for them. We must pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are persecuted, who are oppressed. We're united to them with one faith, one Lord, one baptism. And that bond that we share, that we share with each other here, that we share with Christians around the world will endure because the, the fellowship that we have now, the communion that we experience in this life with the people of God, it's going to continue into eternity. It'll continue into the new heaven and the new earth where we shall forever be with all the saints in glory, where we shall forever be with the church triumphant. We'll forever be with those who are with you here and now. Those seated around you, you'll be with forever will be with forever those who are in the presence of God now, those saints who have gone on before us, who have died and who are in the presence of the Lord, with whom we still share a bond of fellowship, as well as those from every tribe, every people, every nation, every language. And one day with them, we shall share fellowship, communion with Jesus face to face. And just like John writes, we'll be able to hear and to see and to touch the word of life. And like John, our desire should be to grow this fellowship. Like John, our desire should be to increase this fellowship that we share so that others hear this word of life, so that others hear this message of life and receive it, receive him, Jesus Christ so they might share in our fellowship with the Lord and also in the communion of the saints. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 